Brown Girl Radiance celebrates the brilliance of women of color through reflective conversations and stories. I'm your host, Pure Brown Joy. Hello to all of my radiant friends. Welcome to season three of Brown Girl Radiance podcast, where we will be celebrating brown girls abroad. Before I share the details of what to expect this season, I actually want to rewind just a little bit. If you haven't had a chance to listen to the prior two seasons of Brown Girl Radiance, I will give you a quick recap. Season one, we celebrated the women of Wakanda from the Black Panther movie, discussing the beautiful black images, the themes, and the relationship dynamics displayed in this epic 2018 film, which took home multiple Oscars and other awards last year. During season two, I hosted the Michelle Obama Becoming Book Club, where I had insightful conversations with a tribe of incredible women about this best-selling memoir that has shattered all kinds of records. Our Forever First Lady followed up the book with the Becoming Journal and the Becoming Netflix documentary that premiered in May. Just when we thought Michelle Obama couldn't give us any more, she's also starting a podcast this month that will be released exclusively on Spotify. Who else has a podcast on Spotify? Me. In addition to the last couple of seasons, I have published some bonus episodes along the way, including a devotional episode called The Treasure in the Trust Fund. Most recently, I released two bonus episodes titled The Queens and Kings of Quarantine Parts 1 and 2. As you all know, 2020 has been doing the most. So listen to these episodes if you want to hear a group of four girlfriends having some lighthearted conversation about the amazing creativity that the Black culture has delivered during quarantine. These episodes were recorded before the George Floyd incident that shattered America's heart. Speaking of a broken heart, let us continue to keep Brianna Taylor's family in prayer. As of this recording, it has been over 130 days since she was murdered by officers in her home while asleep and no arrests have been made. Brianna Taylor was Brown Girl Radiance and worked as an EMT she was helping save lives and she deserves justice. Speaking of Brown Girl Radiance, I want to share about some women who have inspired me this month. There's an organization called Girl Trek that was started by Morgan Dixon and Vanessa Garrison with the mission to encourage Black women to walk for 30 minutes a day for five days a week as a form of self-care and for their long-term health. I've actually been doing a 5K Monday through Friday since April 20th, and I have to say it's been so enriching physically, mentally, and spiritually. Girl Trek started a Black History Boot Camp in June, and I stumbled upon it at the beginning of July. It's a podcast where they share information about amazing women from Black history for 21 days for 30 minutes. So the intention is for you to listen to it as you're doing your walk. Through the boot camp, I learned about some dynamic Black women who 
they don't include in the history books, such as Ella Baker, Georgia Gilmore, Dovey Johnson Roundtree, and Stagecoach Mary. Google these women. They also shared information about some women that you've heard of, but maybe haven't heard their full stories, like Shirley Chisholm, Zora Neale Hurston, and Sojourner Truth. Additionally, I learned about some Black authors like Lucille Clifton, Audre Lorde, and Octavia Butler. I'm really excited to read all of their works. And Octavia Butler actually wrote a science fiction book called Parable of the Sower that was published in 1993 that actually predicts everything that we're experiencing in terms of current political and socioeconomic climate. I really enjoyed the Black History Boot Camp and Girl Trek is starting another boot camp in August. You can join for free at blackhistorybootcamp.com. There's one woman who they haven't talked about yet, but who I learned about earlier this month, and her name is Anna Murray Douglas. She was Frederick Douglass's wife, and she was actually born free, and when Frederick Douglass married her, he became free. So while we hear a lot about his abolitionist work, none of it would have been possible without Anna Murray Douglas. Her daughter also wrote a book about her called My Mother as I Recall Her. And if you Google Smithsonian and Anna Murray Douglas, there's a fascinating article where you can also learn more about her. All right, so now that I've shared about some of the brown girl radiance of the past that's inspired me, let's talk about the present. This season of Brown Girl Radiance, we are celebrating brown girls abroad. The black women who I'll be interviewing this season either currently live and work abroad or have done so in their past. One aspect of working abroad is being a missionary. Most people might not look at missionary work as being an occupation, but it is one and it comes with a special calling and leading from the Lord. My first guest this season is Lisa McQueen, who is a missionary in Uganda who started a school there called Elwa, E-L-W-A, Sunrise School. This interview is in two parts. The first part of the episode we recorded when Lisa was back in the U.S. for a few months, just a little bit before she was heading back to Uganda. And the second part of this episode was recorded as a follow-up after the global pandemic impacted all of our lives. And I wanted to see how it was affecting her work with the school, the students, and the community. Without further ado, I'm excited for you to hear the testimony of how God called Lisa to Uganda. I'm very excited about this episode of Brown Girl Radiance Podcast. This season, we are celebrating brown girls abroad. And my guest today, I've actually been wanting to interview them for a little over a year. I actually heard their testimony at church. 
shout out to Deeper Fellowship Church. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I heard their testimony and I remember going up to them after service and saying, I want to get you on my podcast. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> to be honest, at that time, I don't think I'd recorded my first episode yet, but you know, I was in production. Yeah. Here we are, uh, you know, uh, season three. So really excited. Um, this young lady is actually a missionary as well as the founder of Elwa Sunrise, which is a school in Uganda. Yes. So it is my absolute pleasure to welcome Lisa McQueen to Brown Girl Radiance Podcast. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, as you know, I have a lot of questions for you. Good. <laughs> so, I'm very excited. So uh, <laughs> I will just uh, jump right in. Um, so I believe that everyone has a story, and I'm excited to find out more about your journey of starting a school in Uganda. Mm -hmm. But before we dive into that, I would love for you to just tell all of my radiant friends, that's what I call my listeners, <laughs> um, where you are from and also just highlight your background. Yeah. So I was born and raised in Queens, New York. New York. Out <laughs> New York City. <laughs> uh, mother, um, she was kind of single mom. We had a dad in the house, but he was kind of there, but not. Mm -hmm. um, he was there financially. Ah, okay. Um, so yeah, five girls, <laughs> five girls, and a nephew occasionally who would live with us. Wow. So I was number four, three older sisters, one younger sister who was like my twin. We kind of like were like buddy buddies. <laughs> and then um, yeah, she passed away when I was sixteen. She had mm -hmm. cancer, and I moved to Florida. And then that's why I've been here for what, oh two, seventeen years. Well, wow, fifteen, depending on when I left in Uganda. Wow. Yeah, that's part of my story. That's part of the story. <laughs> so now, so basically, so from New York, you came here, and yeah. when you first came to Florida, like, what were you Okay, yeah, here? I went to school. I went to Florida Southern. <laughs> Florida Southern, yes, all right. I decided to leave my family. I wanted to get a new start mm -hmm. and just, like, yeah. you know, fresh. Yeah, um, sure. And so I came for my degree in education, and then I did it in four years, and then I got a job here, and I just stayed in Lakeland, Florida, for, like, 14 years, and then Orlando. And then Uganda. Wow. So in so in Lakeland, where you, you were teaching there, I assume, yes. What, what grades were you teaching? I taught uh, third grade in public school for six years, and then I taught four years in kindergarten in a private school. Oh, <laughs> trying to think about yeah, yeah. So I taught ten years total. Wow. Nine years Lakeland, and then one year in Orlando, but. Awesome. So, so basically, it sounds like teaching is something that you've always yes, kind of had that passion made, for. Yeah, that's definitely. awesome. Yeah. So, before God actually sent you to Uganda for your work there, had you done any type of missionary work or traveled abroad? Yes. So, in 2013, I went to Jamaica. Not for a vacation. Okay? <laughs> it was legit work. We went to a, um, a nursing home and fed those who didn't have. Who couldn't feed themselves. Mm -hmm. oh, that was really awesome. And a man named Henry, who I cannot forget, Henry was bedridden. Mm -hmm. Awesome guy. And we did other missions like outreach and um, um, preaching and things like that. And then 2015, we went to I went to Budapest, Hungary, to talk to pastors and give them encouragement. I didn't know we didn't have a plan going there. We just mm -hmm. knew God said go. Like we wow. tried to, we asked him, but he didn't give us any direction. It was really interesting. But as wow. we got there, we had all direction, like pastors go to them, encourage them, someone who wanted to quit. And so that was really good, and, and that was awesome. And then, so that church I went with had a huge missions department. They went to every continent every year. So they had a mission celebration 
um, January 2016. And then that's when I saw Uganda table. And I was like, I'm going to go there one day. And then I went in March of 2017 for a mission trip. Awesome. So throughout like doing all these different missions abroad and, Mm -hmm. um, and then ultimately going to Uganda, Mm -hmm. how did you know that God was calling you to start a school in Uganda and what exactly was your process? Okay, so um, so that two-week trip that I had gone, that was my last year teaching, and I was just done teaching public school. I, I don't know. I just couldn't do it anymore, systems and all those things, politics, and I was done. So um, I was like, God, what's next? I'm a teacher. What do I do? I want to teach. but So I did ask him. I said, I want to do full-time ministry with kids, but I don't know how. Mm-hmm. And I, I got to get a job. I got to get paid. <laughs> so I thought. <laughs> I mean, in America, right? right That's what right. we do, right? Exactly. You work and you get paid. But I right. said, I want to do full-time ministry thinking I'll get paid for it or something. And um, I made that prayer in my heart. And then uh, before the two-week trip, a friend of mine who's a co-worker dreamt that I told her I would be in Uganda the next year teaching. She told her that. Told me that. I told her that in a dream. And I was like, and I wanted that, but I didn't want to say it because that's kind of like brave and right. like out there. So I cried like a baby because I was like, I want to do that, but I don't know how I want to do it. So I get to Uganda and then I heard it the same time, same way, three times for people I don't even know. They told me, you'll be here next year teaching. People I don't even know told me three more times. So I heard it four times in two weeks, like every two days almost the same thing. You will be here next year teaching. And I'm like, what is happening? So I cried because I just bought a house. Mm-hmm. Uh, my car was paid off. I had a good job, great church, great family, friends. I'm like, going to Uganda to teach is kind of like extreme. But God, what are you? I heard it now four times in two weeks. So you must be talking to me. Right. <laughs> so anyway, I um, I came. I asked God to be quiet. <laughs> I said, <laughs> now don't, don't pray that kind of prayer. That's dangerous. Okay, I did it because I was overwhelmed but it's dangerous so i said let let me talk to you about it more in america like i was legit like overwhelmed he was quiet in uganda got back to america and i got home on a sunday morning and pastor caitlin was preaching about pursuing your passion do what god's calling you to do leave things behind and move and i'm like what in the world i flew in that same day two hours prior so i said i said god wait till i get to america wait till i get home and he waited two hours like he had no chill and I was like, okay, I'm going to Africa. But I had no idea what I was going to do. So then I get, I decided to move. I had like 35 more um, words about going to Uganda from people or, or God himself. And that six month time that I was preparing to go to Uganda, 35 um, prophetic words about going. 35, exactly. <laughs> Either the scriptures, prayer, people, visions, whatever. 35 prophetic words. So I... Of course, he was speaking to me very clearly. Some mm-hmm. were about schools. Some were about just me and my work there. So I moved in September 2017. And a week after I got there, I had a vision of three rivers. So you'd be opening three schools. <laughs> he said Uganda first, wow. then Congo, then South Sudan. Wow. And I was like, okay, well, I'm already here in these streets in Uganda. What am I going to do now? I can't, I can't go back home. Right. I mean, that was scary, too, to hear that Absolutely. after a week of only being there. Right. And then um, a month later, my current partner, business partner, 
he told me he wanted to open schools too. And I was like, well, let's talk about what you want to do. Our vision was exactly the same. So he opened it out of his house in January 2018, and I joined him in April 2018. So I don't even know how it happened other than me just going and letting God lead step by step. Yeah. I didn't do anything. Yeah, I didn't make it happen. I just heard him. You listened to him. Every step of the way, literally. Well, and you know what I love about, like, part of that story is how you said that you got four prophetic words within two weeks. You asked our father, this is so good. You asked him, please don't speak to me anymore until I get back to the U.S. And he did and he, and he, he honored that he prayer. Did. But once you step foot on American soil, That's he gave right. you two hours. Two hour time frame. All and right. And you started speaking again. Yes. And then That's you submitted crazy. and then he continue to send you mm-hmm. words about it. Confirmation. Yeah. You said 30? How many? 35 more. 35 more after, more said, yes. after you said yes. So, yeah. wow. That's, that's incredible. So, <laughs> so you know you're where you're supposed to be. I, I must be. If I'm not, beautiful. then I'm, I miss all those words. Amen. But I know. That's how you right can trust there. your business partner starting a yes. school in his house. Yes. And yes. All this. And so how have you all expanded the school like since... Yeah. Starting in his house. So in 2018, we had one building, his home, which was like five bedrooms, three classrooms. Um, we had preschool only. And um, we had only three staff, one teacher per, per grade. Um, and we had 30 students. And that was 2018. In 2019, we have three buildings, not one, seven staff instead of three. Come on. 90 students and up to second grade, so preschool to second grade that we have servicing right now. Wow. So like triple everything almost in a year. My God. And yeah. <laughs> if that's I, not a testimony, exactly, I don't know what it is. It's, it's growing tremendously, exponentially, actually. Wow. Now, I know there are many cultural differences being an African-American <laughs> living in Africa. <laughs> and I heard you tell an interesting story about a nickname they gave you. Can you share that story uh, <laughs> as well as other cultural Aww. learnings that you've had while living there? Yeah. So that name is Mzungu. It means white person. And that is given to anyone who's a Westerner, whether you're white, black, Hispanic, you're Mzungu, because they don't have a frame of reference for anyone who's not white. In their mind, if you're from... The U.S. or U.K., you are white because that's all they see in Africa is white missionaries. So when you're black, it's like, okay, you're brown, but you're still Mzungu. <laughs> hold, hold, hold. Can I just I just <laughs> want to make sure the listeners understand? Yeah. Lisa is a beautiful brown-skinned <laughs> black woman. <laughs> and the nickname they gave her is Mzungu, which means, means white person. Wow. Because they don't have any other frame of reference. People, I went to a village one time and they were like, aren't you Nigerian? I'm like, no, we're, we're black Americans. They were, they didn't believe us. They laughed and I'm like, you must be, um, what, Nigerian or Cameroonian or Tanzanian because they're also sometimes lighter mm-hmm. than us, than Ugandans. Mm-hmm. So we were like, no, we're, uh, we're African American. Oh, black American. Because wow. they don't, African American is like, what is that? They don't even all know about slavery and the whole diaspora. So wow. to say African American is like, I know you're there, but they don't know how we got there sometimes. Wow. So that's a big thing. Um, the good thing is that I can get by with a lot more than white people can because I'm brown. I can put on a little accent and they <laughs> won't really know that I'm not Ugandan. They can tell I'm not Ugandan because they're darker. Mm-hmm. But they'll think I'm African 
from a different country, so they'll give me more slack. I'll get more discounts and won't wow. be upcharged like the white people will. Wow. That's kind of fun. <laughs> because wow. I can just fake an accident and get the African price on some things. Wow. It's kind of fun. Wow. And, um, yeah, that's the main two things, I think. Uh, I mean, culturally in general, they know I'm not from there because I, I, I walk faster than them. We come, you know, we just, we're not as slow. New York, which is yeah. like its own pace. But <laughs> even, even Amer- they, they, Africans are just, well, Ugandans are very, very chill. Just like, walking down the street, say hi to every neighbor you see for 30 minutes. Like, just stopping and walking, talking and walking. And you know, we don't, we just, we want to go. Right. I have somewhere right. to go. How you doing? How you doing? So that's, <laughs> I try to slow down, but they just, how I walk and my pace and my clothes even, I try to be kind of just chill, but they just know I'm not from there. Wow. They can see me a mile away and point me out. Mazugu. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> hey, <hilarious>. Napoleon. <laughs> what does that mean? Hello. Hello. Well, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious that's right so so it sounds like they're very like community oriented oh, yes there, they which are. i'm sure is probably a nice kind of change of pace because when you said spending like 30 minutes <laughs> greeting Each every neighbor. right that's a real thing that's beautiful yeah or it don't, sounds beautiful yeah we don't do it much here and I, I love that about i miss that the most is their hospitality and their um their warmth they just invite you in their home give you the better they had to Wow. The last bit of food. And um, another thing, too, you talked about, I guess, that nickname being because the frame of reference that they have is mainly white missionaries. Pretty so, much. So hopefully you, as well as others Amen. who are, you know, <laughs> being obedient are mm-hmm. going to help change that narrative. Which, by the way, bless the missionaries, all mm-hmm. of them white, yeah. black, or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah, you know, yeah. but I think um, that's a really interesting perspective in how yeah. they actually see missionaries. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, thank you for sharing that. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, also, I have to say congratulations on your graduation from the yes. School of Biblical Studies, yes. or SBS as yes, you um, yes. call it. Uh, can you share with the listeners more information about the school and also your matriculation through SBS? Yeah. yeah. So when I joined um, the mission field, I didn't just jump in. I joined through a introductory kind of phase missionary board called um, Youth with a Mission or YWAM. And they're, they're all over the world. They have a base in Kona, Hawaii. That's the main base. But they're everywhere. Every, they went in Orlando. There's one in every continent. Every nation. So I went to the Uganda base and um, I did a DTS, a discipleship training school, which is like a foundational like how to know God kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But from there on, you can go further and do schools about anything. So I God spoke to me about doing school about um, study the Bible and to learn him more in that way. I didn't want to do school. I was I'm 35. I'm like school. I'm done. God, hello. Got a degree, but this this was this was different. Mm-hmm. Um, we learned how to read the Bible from beginning to end, um, seeing God's love story from beginning to end, seeing what God was saying from Genesis to Revelation, seeing His whole story weaved out of salvation of Christ being concealed and being revealed. Even how to interpret the Bible based on its original audience. It's speaker, um, what they were going through, history, context, and not being able to misinterpret it because you now know why it was written, who it was written to, when it was written. It's everything. It was just so good to read it for what it's worth and get each book like Jonah and Obadiah. <laughs> I love these books. Amos, Hosea, Malachi. I love the Old Testament now. Before, I kind of didn't really care for it because it was kind of confusing and a lot of history involved. But now I know the history and I can read it and like, I can get it. 
And I think I read in your newsletter, you said the first book they started with, it was by Lehman. Yes. Oh, it's a yes. good book. <laughs> but Forgiveness, Reconciliation. Oh, this is such a good book by Paul. Oh. The Bible's awesome. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And then I know there is also a project that was birthed out of you during your time at yeah. SBS yeah. Um, that I read about in your newsletter as well mm-hmm. as on Instagram, the mm-hmm. Bible in living color, <laughs> visual devotional. So it can you tell us, <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you tell us about the evolution of that project and, yeah. and when and how we can access it? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I didn't want to just um, go through my whole school and then forget what I learned. I like to make sure I can apply it later and just like go back and say, wow, I learned that from James. I learned that from Hebrews. I learned that from wherever. So I wanted to visually capture what I learned. I'm, I'm creative, so I didn't want to just write a, a, you know, an essay. I wanted to like draw my summary. So I just did it for fun, really, because I wanted to get a release from the studies. So mm-hmm. after I was done each book, I took a break, just draw what I learned. And I put it on social media. People were like, I want to get it. I like it. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then I heard from people all over, make it into a book. I'm like, I don't want to do a book because it's the work, you know. Right, right. I was busy with my school, but then it ended up being a book. So um, <clears throat> what it is going to be is a visual Bible devotional where you can visually respond to what God is saying to you in the Bible, either in your own Bible and in the journal that I will create or the devotional rather. Um, pictures, colors, images that'll help you if you're not creative. I give tips on how to how to do all these things, but just how to respond to what God is saying to you visually, creatively, colorfully, and then at the um, and also study each book of the Bible in like a devotional format, like five days on Hebrew. So like day one, read these chapters, questions here, respond to them, even in the Bible as well. Kind of just going, kind of giving you opportunity to kind of see the Bible in its fullness. And then at the end of all of your studies, you can draw and kind of summarize your own takeaways visually with the book. So it'll be fun. Next year, hopefully it'll be released. It is a lot of work. (laughs) The artwork, the graphics, the teaching, making sure it's it's biblically sound and then also creative. And then, yeah, all of that. So it will be posted on social media um, once I'm able to have it out and have it completed. But it's not there yet. Perfect. Well, and and uh, I I'm gonna ask you to give all your information at the yes. end, but but since you mentioned it, while we're here, this is a good <laughs> yeah. place. Can you just at least tell people what your Instagram is? Because mm-hmm. I know you post a lot yeah. of different things there, which is how I actually remember seeing yeah. the, the visual. Okay, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So your Instagram <clears throat> is McQueen on a mission, and same on Facebook. Awesome. And as you mentioned, uh, well, actually. Before I move on, I, I wanted to ask you a question because, mm-hmm. you know, now you have this, all these beautiful visual presentations <laughs> of the word. But I remember reading in your newsletter that initially you uh, didn't like write in your Bible or anything. You oh, it to be my God. Black and Christine. white. And, and you didn't want like, even though you were using the Bible, you didn't want it to like Nothing. get dirty and all these things, which I like, honestly, the OCD, like I, I yeah. get it. Uh, so just if you don't mind sharing a little bit how yeah. God just even helped to, you know, uh, relax your your mind and all of <laughs> and all of those anxieties uh, from just yeah. wanting this pristine black and white Bible to really allowing it to just come alive. Yeah, like what I was um, finding out was that like as I was studying the word, I wanted to write what God was saying to me. Like I wanted to write literally write down in the margin what He was said about that scripture. 
So I was like, I can't be so confined to my own restrictions that I can't write what he's saying. He's speaking Amen. to me now from James one five. I'm writing now. He's just I'm writing it all down on the margin. Amen. So I just I just decided. I'm going to do it. I'm going to write. I'm going to write. <laughs> and I did it and it felt good. Amen. And I just kept writing and drawing and coloring and it's God a hand. And now the whole Bible is like lit. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So I'm excited again to uh, whenever you're you're done with the project, yeah. you know, we'll definitely shout it out on Brown Girl Radiance Yay. podcast for you. So, of course, you are uh, very gifted creatively, and so mm-hmm. God has also allowed you to use your passion for fashion to mm-hmm. fundraise for the school. Um, can you talk about some of the projects you've done, like your collaboration line with the Ugandan mm-hmm. designer, as well as um, collaborating with Lives Depend mm-hmm. on It, with mm-hmm. Trinity, and any other like projects that you want to yeah. work on long-term? Which, by the way, before she answers <laughs> this, I'm wearing one of her Yay. designs. She enhanced, um, <laughs> no surprise to anyone, one of my Black Panther shirts. <laughs> Uh, so yeah. you'll be able to see a photo of it on socials. Yes. But um, when I tell you her stuff is dope, <laughs> like I sent a video to my friend. She was going Aww. crazy. Uh, <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Back to the question. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, I, you know, I realized that all that, all that God gives you is for his glory. Amen. Every gift can be used Amen. together. Amen. So I wanted to separate missionary from fashion but i just uh, it's in my blood i love clothes i love sewing so i couldn't do it <laughs> and when i was in uganda i wanted to see do a test trial of how that could work in america with uganda and all that kind of stuff so i had a friend of mine who loved fashion with me we just made some some cool leather pieces with leather shape leather um on tees and bible covers and what else bombers and Backpacks, um, yeah, leather shaped, Africa shaped leather backpack, custom made to any color you want. You can get engraved. So that was a good test test run. People liked it. So now I hope to do it with my school and have parents actually make it because our goal is to have our parents be sustainable. Oh, wow. So we don't want to just have it for this fun, but to have the parents have a skill that can be sustainable and help them with their long term goals of financial health, um, health and wellness. That's really beautiful. So yeah, um, even with Trinity. The choice I'm, I have with her, we're going to just sell them and give my school the money. And then also, um, when I go back, I'm going to have the parents learn vocational skills. One of them being tailoring, make creative things that can be sold in the U.S., internationally, and make them some money. Because one shirt can give them, like, rent for a whole year, probably. Wow. Yeah, I love, honestly, I love any, you know, whenever I've gone to like an African festival or any Mm -hmm. of those types of events and they actually have products that were made by like Mm -hmm. African women. I I love that kind of stuff. It really goes a long way. So that's awesome that you're doing that. So I look forward to seeing um, those projects and again, just how we can sew into it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what would you say has been the most rewarding experience about starting the school in Uganda? And also what has been the most challenging experience about starting the school? Mm-hmm. The most rewarding, I would say, is just seeing the children's lives change through love. It sounds so simple, but love is powerful. Amen. And I've seen kids who didn't have it at home get it at school and immense portions and they just soak it all up like, like a sponge. They just love to get hugs. They love to just be picked up by us. And they just change. They, they smile again. They talk. One girl didn't talk at all until she came to our school. Um, that's a that's a big big deal to me. Wow. And then the greatest challenge I would say is um, just trusting God for 
what we know we, we're, meant, we're made for. We're going to do more. And right now we're not where we want to be. So just kind of that in between of, man, I want to make more impact and have more classes, have more schools, have more grades, have more, 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 and having to wait. <laughs> but also in that time growing with our teachers and our community, getting them to know us, them knowing us, knowing who they are. So that's the waiting, I think. And Because when you're prophetic, you know what's to come. And what's to come is going to be amazing, but right now it's just the foundation. So having a see ahead of time, but not, not grasp it yet is kind of challenging. Yeah, I think, you know, in, in general, of course, if you're a believer, then it's a life of faith, mm-hmm. right? And um, But it seems that when you're a missionary, that it's like, an, it seems like an even like <laughs> greater uh, dimension oh of God. that, right? Because of just like the resources, et cetera, mm-hmm. especially with you, like, it, you know, not only are you doing missionary work, but the fact that you established a school. Mm-hmm. And so not just even, you know, worrying about your day to day, but this, mm-hmm. <laughs> these buildings, because you have yes. God multiplied yes. and all these, all the souls you, attached but, and everything. But, you know, um, but still just having that trust mm-hmm. along the way and continuing to believe him. So Amen. I just love it. I'm so inspired by it. Um, you've also done a series uh, on social media where <laughs> you dispel myths about missionaries. And so I wanted to ask you, what do you think are the biggest myths about missionaries? And also, um, being an African-American, what do you believe are some of the biggest myths about the African continent? Yeah, so it's called Missionary Misconceptions. That's the name of the <laughs> videos. Because people just think the craziest stuff. And it's okay. It's, lack of, it's ignorance. Lack of knowledge. Right. And it's not like they were born ignorant. They just didn't know these things. So we have to teach them. Exactly. So I just try to like debunk lies about like how we do our work, how they look, where they come from. Um, I'm not boring. I don't get paid anything for all that I do. Mm-hmm. Others support me to do my work. That's a big deal. Right. Um, they do lose a lot of things like comforts. Mm-hmm. And after they, they, they're having to trust God for everything. Not they, we trust God for everything. Literally daily bread. Um, and then, you know, you lose a lot of, um, you know, I just say, yeah, just comfort. Like even when you're in America, you can just do you, you can have your own space and you're more independent. But when you're a missionary, you are more interdependent on others. That's a huge deal. It's what Christ wants anyway. It's about community. It's very, very highly needed when you're a missionary. As far as Africa, of course, number one thing that people think is that they're all poor and naked and walking around and have no cars with T-shirts on and, and sticks. And that's not true at all. <laughs> at all. Like the capital city of Uganda is Kampala. It's as rich as New York City. Wow. I mean, big buildings, Benzes, nice clothes, Gucci, all that is there. It's wow. there. And the villages is a lot more, you know, less um, wealthy and prosperous, but it's not all of Africa. Nigeria. It's great. So it was um, Cape Town. Great. Full of money and even gold. Um, in Congo, there's lots of gold. Um, but anyway, yeah, they're not all poor. They're not all hungry with big swollen bellies. Some have better clothes than we do. A friend of mine has a, he's an engineer. He's getting paid more than I ever did in my life. He's an engineer. He's Ugandan. He's getting paid. He's traveling to Dubai and America doing his work. Like, they exist. They, like, they're intellectuals. Um so I think that the lie is just that they need us. They don't. We need to know how they do things and kind of like mirror their lifestyle. And 
since you kind of started mentioning a couple, a few other nations, um, first question for you, what other nations within the continent have you had a chance to visit since you've been there? Just Egypt, one of 24 hour layover. Oh, just Egypt. No, a layover, girl. (laughs) A layover. And also Dubai. Um, This is the Middle East, but it's part of Africa, I believe, still, right? Dubai? Hold on, wait a minute. Geography lesson. Anyway, where is Dubai? Middle East is still Africa. It's somehow. It's it's not on the outskirts. It's not exactly on the continent. It's above. It's close. It's Africa ish. Like deserts. She said Africa-ish. <laughs> it was hot. I love it. it. Was so hot. So you went to Camels. Dubai. So Dubai and uh, and Egypt mm-hmm. were a layover, and I'm sure you'll see many mm-hmm. other yeah. nations over time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, which leads to my next question, which I think you mentioned this a little bit before, but your um, do you have plans to expand mm-hmm. Elwes Elwa Sunrise into mm-hmm. other nations of Africa? Yes. So again, God showed me three rivers. He said Uganda first, and then Congo and South Sudan. Not in that order, but um, yeah, those two nations, which are, they also they also border Uganda. They're not as peaceful. So when God says go, He will make it happen. And if it's, you know, we we'll just trust Him and be led by Him, and how He'll do that. Amen. Well, and it sounds like you still have a lot of work that you're <laughs> accomplishing in Uganda, and uh, and I mean, if God could speak to you <laughs> that many times about total, yeah, about going there, <laughs> then I'm sure He's going to speak once it's time up. for you to uh, expand Transition, your yeah. rivers to the other nations Amen. as well. So, I believe that all brown and black women are superheroes. <laughs> which is why I wanted to start this podcast and celebrate us, even when the world does not always see us for who we are, mm-hmm. we still try to impact the world and make it a better place. So since you are a superhero slash missionary, mm-hmm. what do you believe your superpower is and how has it strengthened during your time mm-hmm. living abroad in Uganda? I'd say it's just obedience mm-hmm. because that can carry a lot of weight. Amen. <laughs> One yes can unfold so many more yeses. And if I hadn't said yes to God, Amen. so many children, parents, Bosco, my partner, wouldn't have their yeses met and fulfilled if I hadn't told God yes in the first place. So I think obedience is a huge thing that we all have access to. Right. <laughs> it's not always easy. Right. But it's always necessary. And I think that's the greatest thing is that um, he taught me just to say yes, even when it hurts. Amen. I love that. That's an awesome superpower that we all have. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. We all have it. And uh, it's can be humbling when you access that superpower. Yes. Um, and, you know, they haven't made a movie about it yet or anything. <laughs> but it's exactly. it's a beautiful one, you know, mm-hmm. for sure, especially in the life of a believer. Yeah. And even the word teaches us that. Mm-hmm. So thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've, I've, I've mentioned your, you know, your newsletter a few times throughout the episode. Um, and I love it because it's always filled with such beautiful testimonies and so much transparency. Um, so you have that platform. You also have a website and Instagram and Facebook. And I just um, would like for you to share with the listeners of Brown Girl Radiance podcast, how they can connect with you and Elwa Sunrise on all platforms and also how they can sew into your ministry. Yes. So on social media, um, again, McQueen on a mission, MC Queen, like the rapper, although I'm not one. Um, And then our school website is L-Y-E-L-W-A, sunriseschool.com. You can find out more about our vision, 
my partner Bosco and I support me as well on that page, on the Meet the Directors page. You can scroll down and see how to support me personally. Also, our school has giving links there, options there, how to support a child or a family or a building project or our teacher projects. Um, and then my email personally is Lisa McQueen 84 at gmail.com. But our school email is admin at lysunriseschool.com. Perfect. And then I know recently, too, you all are now under... Teach Beyond. Yes. Yes. A missionary organization. Yes. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Teach Beyond is like a mobilizer for missions and education. So if you want to teach and be abroad, they help you do that. They train you, give you all these guidelines, insight, prayer, advice. They give you all that you need. They equip you. And they also take on schools like myself to kind of like lead us into that way. So we are under their umbrella as nonprofit as well as a nonprofit. Teach Beyond School, so they um, catapult us into missions and people as well to be mobilized to do education. So they kind of like, kind of, um, they kind of manage our funds, manage our accounts, manage our teachers, manage our school, everything. They're amazing. Awesome. And I know when one of the prayer requests was for uh, Elwa Sunrise to also become a nonprofit yes. here in the U.S. Yes. So yeah. So we are now one through them. We'll pray the Lord. So <laughs> yes. He did it. He did Amen. it all. So, yeah, he's so good. So awesome. Well, I could ask you <laughs> so many more <laughs> questions, but um, but I, you know, really appreciate you coming on today and sharing your story. And um, it's just been such a pleasure to hear from it and really, you know, helps to inspire and I think increase faith in, mm. in each one of us, whether you're called to be a missionary or just whatever God's calling you to do. So um, I appreciate you being a part of Brown Girl yes, Radiance and prayers for you in Uganda thank and you. beyond. Yes. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed the first part of this episode and hearing Lisa's amazing testimony. Based on all that's happened this year, we now describe our lives as pre-COVID and post-COVID. So the next part of this episode, I wanted to follow up with Lisa to find out the impacts of this pandemic in Uganda, as well as learn about how our brothers and sisters in Africa are responding to the Black Lives Matter movement and the work towards justice. Lisa, I just want to first of all say thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to do a follow-up conversation uh, with me. Um, at this point, you know, the listeners heard our original interview, but since the time of that recording, which was a few months ago, so much has transpired um, in the world from COVID-19 to the, the multiple incidents that have taken place that have led to this outcry for justice through the Black Lives Matter movement. And, and so um, I, I wanted to follow up with you and, and find out how all of these events are impacting the school and also Uganda as a nation. So first, I just want you to share how COVID-19 has impacted Uganda as well as Elwa Sunrise. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so in Uganda, the school year begins in February and ends around the beginning of December. Um, so we began school in Feb and then March 18th, we were told schools are shut down. 
And so we only had a month of school, maybe a month and a half. We had done some extensive training with our teachers, some good payment for teach for training. And then now it's like all the training, all the things are shut down, all the planning we had for the year, everything was like, okay, Lord, on, on hold. And we thought, all right, a month of no school, that's fine. We can go back and resume again in the holidays and then a month more and then a month more and now it's three months of no school and the children have only had a month of school so um we are considering this a dead year we don't think that we're going to return to school this year um that means children who were began in third grade will begin again next year in third grade and all the children who were going to who were going to um graduate they can't those who were going to be candidates for um, a, a high school or college, they cannot apply. It's just people are on hold, which here is a big deal. They really do um, fend for those high positions in education. Now they can't mm -hmm. have them. <clears throat> um, the good blessing, however, is that um, our school, we were in the middle of building in our new location. Uh, we had initially planned this year to build a four classroom block in our kitchen, which we did that in like two months. It was going to be a year process, but we kind of went very fast um, because of the school year being shut down and our sponsors in the, in the UK kind of seeing what's happening. We requested that we could get next year's building project started this year and they agreed and they gave us the next portion of funds to start a new uh, classroom block. And so now we have actually to, uh, yesterday we began building our three classroom block as well and our office block. So we kind of expedited our process of building and we anticipate that next year we're gonna just be in, in our new place with, with almost, I think three, three added classes. As of now we have first grade to third grade, but we may be adding up to seventh grade now next year and um, new everything, new, new everything. I mean, everything is new, whole new site, new classrooms, new kitchen, new hall, new office, new, uniforms, new logos, it's gonna be all new. So that's a blessing that we were able to um, take this time to build, pray, restructure, plan, and strategize for next year. Wow, that's awesome. So even though the official school year is on pause, God has still allowed you all to continue expanding and growing and really preparing for for what he's doing and you know that uh -huh. he's going to do in an even greater way so that is yeah. very exciting to hear <laughs> and in terms of like during the time that you know that the nation has been shut down uh what have you all been doing because i know i i read in your newsletter about some things and i just kind of want you to share some of the ways that you all have been still helping the families and and the students etc during this yeah. time Yes, of course. Uganda is very, very agricultural. Uh, we depend heavily on the earth to feed us. If we don't go in the garden, we don't eat. Literally, we eat the garden every day, like like everything, the rice, the beans, potatoes, the greens. So um, people who have jobs, you know, that depend on those, on those fields, they don't have jobs anymore. People who were in the garden, you could not go to the a market to sell your food. So um, people lost lots of jobs and um, the food was expensive. People had doubled their prices in food. So imagine like um, for us, beans here was like a kilo was like 2,000. Now it's like 4,000 or 4,500, which is like double. So imagine like milk going from like $3 to like $6. That's how 
that's how bad it was. So um, we decided to help the people who we knew were most vulnerable. Um, we knew everyone had an issue with food, but we couldn't help everyone. So we asked people on Facebook to help us um, feed our families who were most vulnerable. That included the widows, the disabled, and the elderly. So we got about 30 names in our community from our local chairperson. And we went to their homes one by one, gave them the gospel, gave them food. And we've been doing that for three months now. We just ended yesterday, actually. Um, and they, we, yeah, giving them rice and, and beans and um, sugar and soap and salt and onions and things like that. And um, Porsche, which is like a grounded corn flour. So, yeah, we, we, we've been taking our time to really help them, help our community. And the blessing has been that many have gotten saved and healed. And that was the, the main goal anyway. We wanted to give mm -hmm. them the food, but it was only a door for their hearts. And now many have come and asked for prayer for their families. Some have gotten healed from just pain in their bodies. And the best healing is, you know, spiritual. They've gotten saved. So that was beautiful. Wow. Wow, that's incredible. So the ministry is like expanding even beyond the, the school and the students to the local community. So, yes, yes. Very cool. Now, um, I remember when we talked before, uh, you shared that there were actually no cases um, of COVID in Uganda, but that um, different people, you know, traveling into the nation um, were carriers of it. So can you talk a little bit about that and the airports and mm -hmm. the government and all of those processes as well? <laughs> yeah. Um, Uganda is very um, acclimated with disease, unfortunately. I think Africa is as a whole. So we know how to shut it down. <laughs> we know like, okay, what, Ebola? Nope. Nobody going nowhere. Stay home. So, um, before we had one case at all, the president said, no school, no church, no weddings, like stay home, lockdown, 21 days. And that was great because it helped us to really control uh, the spread. So um, our first case was someone from, from Dubai. They flew in, I think eight people from Dubai, eight, um, eight um, persons on one flight. They came in together from Dubai and brought the disease to us. And then they stayed in, in, the, in the region of the, uh, of the airport. And then they kind of, escaped some of them escaped and they paid to escape and that's a big thing here is corruption you can pay money to get out of something so a few of them paid money to get out they escaped and it spread some more to the local area and then of course others from um others from the other countries surrounding us because we're landlocked by sudan and congo and uh kenya um people came in from, from those countries as well and they the truck drivers who were bringing food they were positive and they came in um, they paid money to get in or they just kind of snuck in and they also brought it into our country. So no one here has really been spreading it. It's been those on the outside, literally truck drivers and those from Dubai or um, Sudan have been coming in. Some were found coming in the country on boats. <laughs> like, it's not funny, but they're creative. They, you know, got in the Nile River and took a boat and came here with a disease and they were, you know, doing business here and they uh, spread it that way. Um, but our president has been very good with um, those who are at the borders, trying to catch those truck drivers. Um, we now have tests at the borders, testing sites, mm -hmm. so you can get tested immediately. Um, no one has died, praise God. I think most have recovered. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so those who are outside are bringing, bringing it in. 
and we're trying to catch those truck drivers and those um those those who are traveling and do you all have like do you all like wear masks and do the social distancing or <laughs> have those been <laughs> i'm laughing because uganda is very relational so people you know in the beginning it was like you know four meters away don't sit next to me don't touch me don't hug me um it's slowly becoming less you know of a of a issue in that way although we are still wearing masks in the, in the public we have to wear masks as we drive and as we travel we can only have half capacity in our vehicles um we can't travel past 7 p.m our curfew is still there 7 p.m curfew um the the bordering the districts that are bordering Congo and, and South, South Sudan, they cannot travel anywhere still. They're still on lockdown in their homes. They cannot go anywhere. They can't drive. Um, so some, based on where you live, you have more restrictions because those bordering districts by Congo, Kenya, and South Sudan, they really have to stay locked down because people are coming in to their cities first. Um, so it varies. And yeah, masks are still there. And um we, you know, we, we, we do a little fist bump. We don't shake hands <laughs> a lot anymore. <laughs> yeah, shaking, shaking hands has reduced, but we'll, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, mm -hmm. uh, you know, well, it is nice to hear, like you said, that there have been no deaths and it sounds like they're doing a great job of, you know, trying to control it as, as best they can. Um, mm -hmm. So... Yeah, so thank you for for sharing a little um, update because, I mean, here in the U.S., I'm sure you've probably seen on socials, uh, it's been all over the place, uh, partially because each state is, is so different and um, mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, how they were impacted, et cetera. But, um, but yeah, so we, we've been... <laughs> um, uh, all over the place. <laughs> that's that's all yeah. I was say about that without uh, getting uh, too deep into it. But it's just interesting to hear. <laughs> yeah, but it is interesting to hear. You know how um, how it's being handled in in Uganda. Kind of like you know, I feel like you're kind of like a on the ground reporter. You know, giving us an update, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, giving us that global perspective. So yeah. Um, <laughs> so also uh, wanted to find out from you, of course, um, uh, as I alluded to earlier, all of these, you know, different events of um, injustice, which are technically not new uh, to, uh, to Americans, Black Americans, African Americans, um, but, you know, with the uh, death of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud mm -hmm. Arbery, all of these things kind of really brought it to, to a head in these um, past few weeks. And so in Uganda, like what has the, has there, I, I know there are some nations who also had different protests, et cetera, um, and some African nations as well. Have you seen any traction in terms of Uganda and the Black Lives Matter movement or? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um... So I'm in the north, uh, which is kind of like a, it's not yet a city. The capital city, Kampala, um, is a whole lot more active and aware and uh, savvy. And um, people are kind of just more vocal because they're, they're in a city. And I think we've had some protests there. I haven't followed it a whole lot. To be frank, um, 
it's heartbreaking to even read about these things much and being so far from my family and in my in my country i um kind of just it hurts that i can't be there to do something um so even reading about it here um i don't much it's just kind of like i pray more and i i do my part personally to produce unity mm-hmm. and produce um those things but i haven't really read much about it in compalo or um yeah, Kampala, capital city. But I know there's been some protests, not uh, not much like there has been in other countries, but there has been some. As far as Lyra, where I am, there have been none. Um, those who have asked me about it have kind of, I mean, people have said to me things like, um, what they're doing to us is very bad there, what they're doing and how they're treating us is very bad in America. But they don't really get it, I think. I don't think they, some people here, some don't understand the gravity of it, its depths, its roots, its demonic source. I think they're kind of saying, oh, it's so bad, it's so sad, but I don't think they all grasp the reality of it um, or see their part in it. Um, that's, but I've only talked to a few people here. I haven't talked to everybody. I, you know, I have a circle of people in my district and city only, so I can't speak for the whole nation really on this matter. But um, right. I think that Africans as a whole, they still feel it. They kind of like, those are our people there and they're treating them like trash. Um, so that's all I really can say about it. I don't have much to say on as far as how people are responding to it here. But me personally, my efforts have been to um, pursue others in unity that I may not have um, prior to this moment and to ask the Lord, how can I be a bridge here? And what can I do as a, as a Christian to bring awareness and to break down these walls of division between people? So yeah, that, that's that's my only <laughs> only response to that, um, no. frankly. Hey, no, that's I mean that's a great response, and you know you uh, being uh, a, a a New Yorker originally you know, <laughs> as well, and just all that you you know have have witnessed, and even mm-hmm. um, you know growing up there, right? And so mm-hmm. I I I think to even just I'll put it this way, it's probably. Uh, great for your mental health <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. to, to not consume too much of, of it. Um, and so, but like you said, you are um, doing the uh, the job, right, that we have as Christians and, and playing your role in terms of prayer. Mm-hmm. And and I know that, um, you know, you've probably been tuning in and, and hearing some of the amazing words that mm-hmm. we've received um, on this topic and really just, um, identifying like you said that root which is it is a demonic spirit so mm-hmm. um yeah but i think you know again as as far as globally you know it feels like we are you know uniting and um and mm-hmm. i i've seen you know again different different highlights here and there from um nations throughout africa so i just was kind of curious mm-hmm. to hear what was going on there but yeah i mean yeah. um it, it sounds like, like you said, there is an awareness and there is, you know, um, obviously um, sadness um, mm. and, and mourning around, you know, the what, mm-hmm. what we have all seen. So, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but on a lighter note, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I know we've been talking, you know, some pretty heavy things, which again, I, I wanted the <laughs> listeners to hear, but I also want them to hear um, something really exciting uh, that we talked about um, during the initial interview, but now it's really 
coming to life. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm very excited. So if you wouldn't mind sharing with the listeners about the Bible and living color, Paul's letter to Philemon. Um, Mm -hmm. I, 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 I am, first of all, I just want you to know, I, I'm excited to get my copy, (laughs) which I pre-ordered. And actually, after I pre-ordered it, um, I thought to myself, oh, well, you know, like I, you know, it's one of those things like I'm sure I've read parts of of the book, but maybe not the entire book. So I like read it uh, one evening last week and I was like, oh, like this is going to be really good. So I'm I'm looking forward to just hearing the insight and everything. So anyway, I will let you take it away. Yeah, so my God, um, I did biblical studies um, uh, through YWAM Youth with a Mission uh, last year, 2018 to 2019 in Uganda, and it's an intense nine months program that's jammed. Um, well, it's two years jammed into nine months, and um, it's really, really great. It's an inductive study of the Bible, meaning that you let the scriptures speak to you. You discover what God's heart is for each book. Um, from through each book and you discover the heart of the author, its purpose, its audience, and how they can apply to the original audience and how it applies to us, hermeneutics, apologetics, all those things. Um, Not apologetics, sorry, Um, hermeneutics. And so, yeah, as I was studying this intense program, I did not want to miss what God was doing. So I needed to like, like pause. Literally you do like Philemon today, tomorrow you're doing Philippians. Philippians is done in two days. All right, next day, Colossians. And it was like, it was like this, it's a fast-paced program, which is good. But I didn't want to miss what God was saying in each book through me because the word is living, living. And I did not want to just go on through school and miss God. So I took time to create visuals to capture what my heart was um, going through. because The word was really challenging me through every book. So I was like, writing down you know what I was crying over and all those things just drawing pictures and writing words and visuals and I posted on social media because I just wanted to share with the world how God was changing me through my school and my friend said make it into a book and I said I don't want to do a book but then God was like yeah daughter do a book so I was like okay how can I make this into a book it's just my my artwork so being a teacher I had to make it to where it will be um educational as well as fun. So um, worked with my staff members at the time. I began when I was in school to write the book in March last year and um, wrote Philemon first because it's a very short book and um, power packed. And I just, yeah, taught the book inductively, giving its history and then adding a visual summary of what was um, happening to me as I I read the book. And I also... um, began to give tips on how to creatively respond to what God is doing in your heart as you read the book. And so it became a thing and I just published it as an ebook, um, Philemon first, and it's a visual study devotional, again, where you can study the word inductively, but then also respond to it creatively um, as you're learning. And then at the end as well, to do a visual summary of what you learned. And um, I'm doing one ebook a month of the entire Bible starting with Paul's letters, because they're kind of familiar. People know Paul's letters very, very well. They kind of open to them and they're kind of simple structure. They're similar structure. Um, one ebook a month. And once they're all completed, it will be a paperback version as well. Um, 
and they'll be available on my website, lisamcqueen.com, as well as Apple and Amazon. And it's a whole thing. I'm just so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. Awesome. So, so now, um, if you can just like repeat the like the name exactly, how they can, how mm-hmm. our listeners can find the book. <laughs> yes. The book, yeah, the devotional book is titled "The Bible in Living Color." This book is titled by Lehman um, as a, a subtitle, but of course, each one, each book will have its own subtitle based on the book of the Bible that I'm teaching. But the Bible in Living Color is the overall theme and title of the book, and it's a visual study devotional. Excellent. Well, I, I like I said, I can't wait to to dive in and um, and and study along um, just from reading the book. Which you know, I'll I'll put it this way: I don't want to give any spoilers because <laughs> I because um, <laughs> I want uh, you know people to to go check it out. But in reading it, like I was just like, man, like Paul, he was making a really bold ask, you know, of, yes. his, of his friend. Um, but I, I love though the, the underlying reason for the ask. Mm -hmm. And so, so anyway, that's all I'm going to (laughs) say. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Uh, Cause, cause again, I want people to, to study it and, and pick up Mm -hmm. your devotional. Um, Mm -hmm. so also, um, before I let you go, I, I do want you to also share how, um, people can uh, sew into the school since it is expanding, which means more students, et cetera. So if you can tell us a little bit about how people can um, get connected with that. Yeah, um, so my school, as we're growing, again, we have now um, a third, um, sorry, first grade to third grade. And that's, that was this current school year, which is now a dead year. But next year, we're most likely gonna have up to seventh grade. Uh, meaning we're going to have 50 students per class. Typically, we had about 25 to um, maybe 40 per class. Um, But with our new site, new accommodations, new environment, upgrades to everything, higher expectations of the whole community, we have to increase our school fees, meaning that many children here who have been going to our school may not be able to afford it. And we've been struggling with this idea of do we keep keep it low low cost so we can maintain our students or do we keep our standards high enough to where we can maintain our standard of education and we just chose to believe god for the latter so we're going to keep um raise our prices a bit which means that we need to have more sponsors so children can be able to attend our school to receive the gospel to receive um education with an approach that is going to challenge them as a whole child mentally spiritually physically challenge their families challenge the community to know God and prosper, challenge everyone to just be a vessel for the kingdom in any sphere of influence that, that they're in. And so, yes, um, through our site, uh, Elwa Sunrise School, that's E-L-W-A sunriseschool.com, there are options for you to sponsor a child or help our community projects or even sponsor our teacher training programs. And um, with that, we can continue to have our school pro- um, function and prosper and have our children who've been going to our school to continue. It is 25 per month. That may increase a bit to about 30, um, depending on our school fee structure that we're going to develop. But for sure, it's a worthy cause. Um, the joy is sponsoring a child um, that is amazing at our school and is helping the family so much. So I want to encourage all of you to also 
pray about laying aside Chick-fil-A, <laughs> laying aside your Chick-fil-A, <laughs> laying aside your your pedicure, or whatever it, it, it may be. And or even just adding up in your in your budget line an amount to sponsor a child here in Uganda um, that can help them go to school and to know the Lord. Amen. Well, since you mentioned it, I will say, I'll just tag along and say, um, I know that if you do choose to become a sponsor, that you're sowing into to good ground. And Lisa will keep you connected with your child through videos, et cetera, um, and um, all kinds of like updates. And so I love the fact that I, you know, I get to see which I'm sponsoring a beautiful little girl whose name is <laughs> Fortunate, um, which I, I think is a prophetic name um, <laughs> in and of itself. But, um, but, but just so you know, I, you know, I can, I can testify that I know that my money is going into, into, or my seed, I should say, uh, right. I gotta be all churchy, my seed. <laughs> it's, not money. it's not money. It's the seed, right? I, but seriously, it's, it's going into, it really is going into great ground. So, so yeah, so if that's something you're interested in, please, please check it out. Um, and yeah, so anything else that you want to share with the listeners that I, I maybe didn't ask that you think people um, should know? Yeah, I forgot to mention a huge, huge aspect of my book, which is that its proceeds is going toward me adopting a baby girl that I would name Hope. And I just, I don't know how I missed that, but the Lord told me the night before the book was launched, he said, make these, make all these funds go toward adoption of of a baby that you're going to name Hope, a girl. So um, when you when you buy my book, you're sewing into your own life, but also into a future of a young girl that I have not yet met, but that will be changed forever <laughs> by the power of God, the love of God, and by me being her mommy. It's just so kind of crazy, but I'm so hyped about being a mama. So cool, and a and a beautiful, uh, beautiful testimony as well of how you know how God spoke to you about hope, um, and so we look forward to uh, to hearing more about that testimony um, yeah. when when God um, matches <laughs> you two together. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. So, um, so again, just thank you so much for. Uh, doing this follow-up conversation and um, and I, I I pray that it does you know encourage people and give them hope <laughs> aptly named hey, like, hey. Your, um, like your <laughs> like your future child and you know as we're um, continuing to have conversations um, this season around brown girls abroad um, I I really wanted to make sure to highlight your story as a missionary and um, just the the selfless work that you're doing and and like I said now it, this new dimension has been added to it with the, the pandemic um, etc but but we will get through it and as you just as you just um demonstrated through sharing your testimony that god is still moving and still uh-huh. um and still fulfilling his promises so yes thank indeed. you again for for being a part of brown girl radiance you are brown girl radiance and so <laughs> i want to celebrate you and look forward to chatting with you again soon yes thank you so much i love and appreciate you sis Love you too. All right. Well, we will talk again soon. 
I hope you enjoyed this season three premiere. I still can't believe it's been a little over two years since I started this podcast. I know right now there's not a lot of international travel happening. So hopefully hearing the stories of the incredible black women throughout this season who have lived and worked abroad will help provide you with some insight for when you do start getting those passport stamps again. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Brown Girl Radiance podcast, please share it with a friend so that we can continue to celebrate and shine together. Brown Girl Radiance podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, CastBox, iHeartRadio, and Pandora. If you want to stay connected to Brown Girl Radiance Podcast, you can follow me on Instagram at Brown Girl Radiance Podcast. You can feel free to email me at Brown Girl Radiance Podcast at gmail.com.